greener on the other side. Caterpillar to a butterfly. Bye, bye, butterfly. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Welcome to Green and Growing and to your Memorial Day weekend. Hey, it's Ashley Frasca. I hope you've got some great plans for the weekend. Just remember, be safe. I'm away, but I am taking this opportunity for today's show to bring back some of my favorite guests and some of your best calls over the last couple of weeks. First, a new topic to green and growing, one that I was really excited about, growing cut flowers and flower arranging. And now in studio with me, I have my guest. I've got Julie Garrity, who's the owner of Hello Daisy Flower Farm in Canton, and her neighbor, Tracy Gables of Retreat Lane Flowers. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Never thought you'd find yourself getting out of Canton, GA, and driving down to Midtown to be on the radio at 7.30, some ungodly hour on a Saturday morning. Oh, it's wonderful. We're so happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really, really glad we got to know each other. And uh, Julie, we were introduced to one another by our friend Tara. Hi, Tara. Hi, Tara. And uh, she's like, you've got to meet this friend of mine. She does wreath classes in the wintertime and she has flowers in her yard. But I did not know the extent of the flowers in your yard. I thought, oh, good for her. She grows There's flowers. A few. Yeah. <laughs> so what made this so attractive is it's a topic I've not covered, but we've never talked about flower arranging and cut flowers. And, you know, as simple as your loved one gets you a dozen roses, mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh, I don't have a green thumb. And man, those things die three or four days after they're there given you. to me. So I thought, this is really a good topic. And if you get on my Facebook page, uh, Green and Growing, WSB is what you search on Facebook, you can see some pictures that Julie shared with me of flowers in her backyard Yes, that she is growing. Yes. And they are meant to be cut flowers, and then you do arrangements all of all kinds and sizes. I do. I do. It kind of fell into the arranging. I started out growing, and we start probably 90% by seed. Yep. You know, it's a process. It starts sometimes in the fall. There's a lot of flowers that um, bloom in early spring that we plant in October. Wow. They overwinter and they they develop better root systems and they come out early spring and they're beautiful. I mean, before I knew what I was doing, <laughs> I would plant them in March and I thought, well, how come I'm not getting these blooms mm-hmm. that everybody else is getting? And there's a trick to it. It's, you know, they're called cool flowers. But um, the arranging part I kind of fell into after I started growing, um, I realized I really enjoyed doing it and people liked what I was doing. And that, that just kind of became an area that has grown. So. Is it is it your happy place? It's I mean, kind of my happy place, yeah. yes. It, it allows me to be creative, and I kind of zone out, and I take a little too long sometimes arranging things because, <laughs> you know, you stare Perfectionism. At, exactly, you know? exactly. Yeah, it's really fun. It's a great creative outlet, and I just, I like the joy that yeah. the arrangements bring people to. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you bring joy not only to yourself, but to others, too. Yeah. And we talked about this off the air, Tracy, during the pandemic. A lot of people retreated to the outdoors, which was so awesome, and my show came on the yeah. air Right at that very moment that the world was shifting and I thought, oh, gosh, what have I done? Um, But, you know, vegetable gardening may not be the thing for everybody, you know, if they just don't have the space or don't have the time. But then growing cut flower gardens, so to speak, kind of became a thing as well, too. What would you say is like the uh, following and the uh, enthusiasm behind this that's really out there? Well, I think the pandemic is what really got me started. I've always loved cut flowers, but I, I work in the hospital. So it really hit me hard personally. And it became sort of my outlet to yes. escape, um, bring some beauty. And then I started growing so many that I just needed something to do with them. So I started sharing <laughs> with my friends um, and then it's led to all of this. 
I think there's a lot of younger people getting into gardening now, which mm-hmm. is really fun. I love that. Um, the cut flowers. Um, I think things like Instagram and Facebook yep. are helping with that because they want to see they pretty are. things, especially with everything that's going on right now. And now what are some of the things that you grow? I have hundreds of dahlias in my yard. Um, she has so many dahlias. I do. <laughs> um, that's, that's become a, quite a bit of an addiction. Um, hydrangeas were my very first love. I have lots of those. Peonies, zinnias, snapdragons. Salusia, snapdragons. Yes. Yeah. Salosia I love and I bought and put it in my mailbox and, you know, coxcomb. Mm-hmm. They're very short mm-hmm. and cute. And then I saw a picture of someone growing them yeah. in a garden, and they're tall, and they look so different. So I guess it's just a different variety. Yeah, I'd never seen them that tall. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's so many varieties. And that's something that is important to note, too. If you're interested in starting a cut garden, you've got to look at the variety. Mm-hmm. Not all of the, There's a lot of dwarf versions of these, like zinnias, for example, that are meant to just be bedding zinnias. Right. The flowers that we grow are meant for cut flowers, so they're going to get sometimes five feet tall. So, yeah, that's important. One of my favorite things that I discovered in arrangements you know when you move on from roses and you start getting a little more sophisticated you look at the store and and I can't stand the dyed daisies and things like that the blues and just the (laughs) unnatural colors but one of my favorites to fall back on when you're tired of roses is alstromera how hard or easy are those to grow they're fairly easy they really are and they are extremely hardy I mean I think they could last a month possibly more they do last longer than roses you you know do proper care they are incredibly hardy I personally have not grown them, but I've I've know people that have, and um, they're on my list. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think that's list. worth trying. But it's a, they're a cool flower. Tracy, mm-hmm. you mentioned dahlias, which is so funny because last weekend I had the president of the Dahlia Society of Georgia on. Uh, Frank right. was kind of walking people through how to plant them, and I don't know why. In my mm-hmm. mind, I mastered peonies, mm-hmm. and then I was like, okay, dahlias are my next challenge, and yeah. I don't know why. I think they're going to be intimidating because they're not at all. But what would you say to sell someone on the idea of, yes, plant a dahlia, that's what you want? Oh, they're so amazing. So most of them that we're going to buy from the garden center are going to come as, they're called tubers. It looks like a little bag of roots. Mm -hmm. Um, But once you plant that one time, next year, that's going to multiply. You could, if you start with one little tuber next year, you could have 10. And then you can split them and divide them. And so there's, they're just going to keep on going. You can take cuttings Mm -hmm. if you want to really multiply how many you have. But they're so wonderful, and they're big, and there's so many varieties. They can be one inch. They can be over 12 Mm -hmm. inches. Which is like the dinner plate dahlia, right? Yes, they're incredible. Seriously the size of a dinner plate. Mm -hmm. Thinking about peonies and dahlias, things that are tuberous like that, can they overwinter? Do you you ladies leave them in the ground over the winter and they do fine, or just protect them with a layer of mulch or leaves? For the dahlias, you can leave them in the ground here. You would want to protect them. Um, I like to dig mine up and divide them um, so that I can multiply and I can share them with others. But here in our zone, usually you can leave them in. Yeah. If it's in a place that gets a lot of rain in the winter, that the soil might get soggy, yeah. I would recommend digging them up and mm-hmm. storing them for the winter. I've overwintered mine them. and they've been fine mm-hmm. with a couple layers of leaves. And- yeah. When we're thinking about fall, all those leaves coming down and everybody's so quick to fire up those blowers and blow them into the woods or blow them in lawn bags. I think that is so valuable to keep those. Use them as mulch, insulation. It's free. People have no idea. It's Mm -hmm. like gold. It is. Leaves are gold. You put them on your soil or your garden beds, they decompose Mm -hmm. naturally. And you've got, I mean, you've got garden gold. It's just the best. Yeah. So so don't don't get rid of your leaves. Grab your neighbor's lawn bags when they're not looking. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's absolutely true. I've been known to do that once or twice. Um, Going from the aspect of, um, I've, I've got Julie Garrity, owner of Hello Daisy Flower Farm, and Tracy 
gables of retreat lane flowers in the studio talking about these cut gardens. Now let's get to the part, and we have plenty of time with you ladies this morning, about actually cutting them. And you go out there and you do your harvest, so to speak. What are some of the things that you're probably a little more strategic when you all go out there and cut rather than me if I'm just going to go, you know, cut one bloom off my hydrangea to stick in a vase or something? Y'all are probably a little more strategic. There's lots of factors. I mean, you definitely want to pay attention to time of day. Um, in the summer, Georgia heat is incredible. You want to get out there early in the morning and you want to cut or you want to cut in the evening when the sun has gone down. If you cut in the middle of the day, the plant is stressed. Yeah. And it's not going to be. It's, it's not going to look up. its best. It's not. It's going to reflect that once you cut it, even if you do all the you know proper post-harvesting steps. So that's important. It's important to have a fresh, clean bucket of water. And you want room temperature water, not too cold, not too hot. You want to have clean scissors or snips. You know, keep a solution of bleach water and spray them on your snips. That's important to keep everything sterile. I What's, knew there was more to it. There's than just, more I'm just going to gonna go out there and cut some stems. Yeah, a lot of times I'll get calls and people will say, you know, can I get a bouquet this afternoon? And they don't understand. I'm like, you know, I need at least 24 hours because if I'm going to give you flowers from my garden, I want them to look their best. And mm-hmm. that means they need time to rest after you've cut them. They, they need to condition is what we call it. They go in the bucket at room temperature water. We put a little bit of hydration solution in there to give them the best chance to take up as much water as they can. They rehydrate. They rest. And 24 hours later, they look amazing. And they'll last so much longer. So they kind of perk up for you. They do. Knowing that their fate is to be on display. On display for the (laughs) remainder. (laughs) (laughs) All right. 404-872-0750. Just taking calls for Julie and Tracy. If you have questions about uh, flower arrangements or cut gardens or anything like that, let us know. And when we come back after the break, we'll be hearing from one of my colleagues, Sabrina Cupid of the uh, WSB News team. She has gotten into this as a hobby and has some great questions for my guests. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Green and Growing on WSB. Back to Green and Growing right here on 95.5 WSB, a voice you're going to recognize certainly from the newscasts during the week and our health reporter, Sabrina Cupid. Sabrina, maybe folks don't know, you (laughs) do flower arrangements as a hobby. I love it. It brings me so much joy. It's the one thing that I would just do all day if I could. See, isn't it relaxing? <laughs> and, and I can't believe this is a topic I hadn't covered on the show yet in three years. And folks that have gone to Rivermont Golf Club have seen your work. Yeah, I do flowers there. Yeah, and it's just a hobby. They make me happy, so I do something that makes me happy. As It's kind of opposite of the, the news, which <laughs> yes. most of the time is not happy. Right. So, um, yeah, I love it. Now, where do you get your flowers from? A variety of places? Um, I do have a wholesaler that I can go to uh, through the club, but grocery Grocery store flowers are really pretty cool, and we have a lot in our yards. That helps. So um, I use a lot from the yard, a lot of the greenery for sure. Oh, yeah. It's free. It's easy. That's right. Well, so I thought of you the minute uh, I had my friend Julie on to talk about flower arrangements, maybe hacks for people to make their arrangements last a little bit longer. And I know you've had some ponderings and some things you wanted to ask her about. Yeah, I'm so excited that you invited me in. So thank you so much. And Julie, I guess I have a couple of questions. So I'm just going to toss them at you and let you guys answer them for me. But um, the first is, how do you get your flowers to last longer? I've heard, uh, you know, put a drop of Clorox in. And then does it have anything to do with the temperature of the water? Should we do cold water, warm water. I wouldn't think hot water, but I mean, you You know, I mean, or does it depend on the flower? Um, So how do you get your flowers to last longer? And then 
what are the trends? Because like in fashion, you see a lot of people wearing different trends. So I wonder what the trends are now in flower arranging. And I feel pretty good about making like a normal arrangement. But I know that there are different kinds where they're kind of asymmetrical or whatever. I'm not very good at those. So um, <laughs> what's what's trending now? Hi, Sabrina. I'm going to cover your first question, which was how to get the flowers um, to last longer. The drop of bleach really works. There's really something to that. There is something to it. And that's because uh, certain flowers are dirty flowers, and they release um, yucky stuff into the water. Sunflowers and zinnias are notorious for this. It's another reason why you want to change your water every day or every other day. But a drop of bleach is going to keep bacteria at bay. And that's all you need is a drop. And the little packet, you know, of flower food flower that comes, food. that doesn't do anything as far as... It's but, nutrition. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't keep the bacteria away. It's basically sugar okay. <laughs> in the packet and some other preservatives. So if you have access to the packets, that's great. Use them. But if you don't, go into your pantry, get a teaspoon of sugar. This is my opinion. Now, there's a lot of varied... Um, viewpoints on this. Um, my opinion is, and it has worked for me, you add a teaspoon of sugar to the water um, and a drop of bleach, and it works just as good. Some people use a spirit. <laughs> I've heard that, and yeah. I've heard Sprite. A yes, little bit of Sprite, Sprite works mm-hmm. too. Yeah, you just got to play around with what works for you, and different flowers respond to different methods. But the tried and true for me, if you don't have access to flower food, is the drop of bleach and the teaspoon of sugar. But also snip your stems. Use clean uh, snippers like we talked about earlier. You want to use room temperature water. That does matter. But there's certain stems that, you know, they just don't hydrate very well. I use a lot of herbs in my arrangements. Oh, cool. Would you like to know how to perk those up? In just a few minutes. Okay. I think that's a good tease, Julie. And Do you want to talk about, yeah, Tracy can hit the trends. Yeah, sure. Tracy, when we come back, I certainly want you to speak to Sabrina's question about trends. I mean, like she said, asymmetrical is a little tough, but I even, you know, what are customers ordering? Are they going for more elegance or are they going more for that farm country style? Yeah. So we'll talk about that. And when, uh, Julie, real quick, when you're talking about, you know, snipping the stem, people have always been told, you know, to cut rose stems under running water at an angle. And do y'all both agree at an angle is necessary? Yeah, yeah, about a 45 degree angle. So all the things you've always heard from your mother, or mother-in-law or grandmother are probably right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They stuck around for a reason. Yes. And we also have a question from Stephanie calling from Decatur. When we return, what would be the hydration solution for cut flowers? So we may have touched on that, but we'll still talk to Stephanie. We'll be right back. You're listening to Green and Growing on WSB. It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries on 95.5 WSB. Glad you've chosen us, Green and Growing, on WSB for your Saturday morning, revisiting my conversation with Julie Garrity, owner of Hello Daisy Flower Farm, and her neighbor Tracy Gables, I say neighbor because y'all are both in the same Canton neighborhood, of Retreat Lane Flowers. So glad to have you ladies growing cut gardens and doing arrangements and things like that. Tracy, we heard from my colleague Sabrina asking about trends, you know, she's putting together arrangements for the golf club or for friends or whatever. What are some of the trends that you're seeing? It's not just a rose bouquet with baby's breath anymore. People have gotten a lot more creative and funky with what they incorporate into arrangements. They have. I'm fortunate enough that my good friend Shelby works in the bridal industry. She sells wedding dresses, so she can sort of give me trends from her bride so I know what's coming up. A lot of people are the cascading arrangements. 
fun flowers like amaranth are a little different. Mm-hmm. They There's lots of different ones, but there's some that have these beautiful, almost tassel appearances that they can kind of hang over. Um, they're lovely, and they come in an array of colors. Also, we've noticed that dried arrangements are coming back. Interesting. In the 80s and 90s, I think that was kind of a a big thing. And it's definitely having a moment now. And, you know, they call it a forever bouquet because Mm -hmm. you can have it and then, you know, it'll be good forever. It's already dried. And do they keep their color? They Most do, yes. Wow. Depending on the variety, like globe amaranth grows, Mm -hmm. it's very easy to grow and it retains its color beautifully. Straw Mm -hmm. flower is another great one to grow. That, well, and when yeah. you're mentioning kind of in the 80s and early 90s, I mean, I remember that when we were growing up and pressed flowers was a thing too. My mom had these kits and wax paper and all of that of, you know, pressing a pansy. It's all and coming back. Keeping it that way. Isn't that something? <laughs> mm-hmm. And Sabrina asked about um, asymmetrical arrangements, which I can imagine whatever size your vase is, maybe like as an yeah. arranger going, how am I going to do that? And yeah. it's not going to spill or be lopsided. But is that kind of a... It's okay if it does. Mm-hmm. And it gives a little extra interest. And sometimes it's hard because some of us are perfectionists. But, you know, you can just kind of go with your gut and let the flowers kind of do what nature wants them to do and end up with something it's, really it's pretty. It's a much better look, you know, carefree, loose. Yeah. Incorporate nature into your arrangements. They don't have to be so buttoned up. I like to use blooming tree branches. Oh. I mean, it just gives a funky feel. And that works really well in an in asymmetrical mm-hmm. And what seems like, yeah. you talked about bridal trends, but what seems to be the trend in like architecture and things here lately with builders, people wanting that farmhouse yeah. build yeah. and that look. Can that kind of... That's go kind into of trends part of, too. Kind of part of it too, and like yeah. the the free form um, that kind of all leads wild into flower. the farmhouse. Yes, the wildflower look. So it just kind of looks like you just ran through and grabbed a bunch of flowers, and they just ended up like this. Even yeah. though you're putting a little very little more natural effort. looking, like whimsical yes. almost. Yes. Um, well, I'm glad you all reminded me. I had a caller, David from Tucker, in the last hour who was asking about seeds. And I was like, oh, that's so funny. I don't right off the top of my head know the answer to your question. But my guest who y'all were walking in at that moment um, (laughs) could kind of speak to that. So we all start a lot of your things from seed. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you know what your germination rate is going to be. You're going to lose a few, but you're doing thousands, I'm sure. So I think his question was more to putting two right beside one another versus Mm -hmm. just spreading them out and like, Literally, you don't have to go do one in each hole. But do you kind of know what he was asking, Tracy? Mm -hmm. Yes. um, You touched on germination rate. And some things are great. You're going to have 90% of your seeds germinate. Other varieties, Mm -hmm. you might have 60%. Um, And even if they do germinate, it might not grow a strong plant. So if you put two seeds in each hole, if they do both come up, one of them is going to probably be a little bit stronger. Um, And then you, sometimes it's painful, but you can just kind of pluck out the the weaker seedling. Or with some varieties, um, like snapdragons and zinnias, it's... They're pretty hardy, so you could get in there and meticulously separate the roots if you needed to, if you still wanted to have both plants. But it just gives some insurance that you're not going to have an empty hole if that seed is a dud. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can't help but sow more than one seed, especially with snapdragons, because they are the size of, um, you know, pepper. Oh, gosh, Not a peppercorn, like a dash of salt. They are just incredibly tiny. And do you all direct sow right into the ground? I mean, that's probably how you start everything. Yeah, Some varieties. Most of what we do, we start from seed indoors. Oh, indoors. Under lights. 
Yeah, that's wow. Mm-hmm. That's see, that's a whole operation in yeah. and of itself. I mean, you've got the space in the backyard, but my goodness, you have to have the room in the house. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We, well, I'm fortunate enough that uh, we have a basement, and in our basement, <laughs> it's we have an unfinished area that my wonderful husband has transformed into a seed growing room and for it's me. So boys, and no basketball, no kickball, no nothing, nothing down there. Don't Absolutely you dare! Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> that is precious space. That's right. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. Want to go to Stephanie Indicator, who's been very patient. Good morning. Hi, how are you? Great. And you've got a question for Tracy and Julie. Yeah. That hydration solution that was first mentioned, is that the sugar and bleach? Yes. You can actually um, purchase something specifically for that. There's a company um, called Crystal. Or, I'm uh, sorry. What's the name of the company? Crystal. Um, if you go to their website, um, they have products specifically for that. Um, there's also Floralife. Mm-hmm. is a good one. But so that's something you add to the water. Yeah, if you don't want to work with, you know, doing it yourself. But you can easily DIY it um, just by adding a, a teaspoon of sugar to room temperature water and a drop of bleach, and you're good to go. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. So that not only will keep the flowers fresh longer, but mm-hmm. it's... Um... It's going to force the stems to hydrate. It okay. um, The bleach is going to keep bacteria at bay. And um, the sugar is the nutrition for the flowers. It feeds them and keeps them happy. And make sure you change your water. Yeah, and you said like every other day. Every other day. Mm -hmm. Well, good. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for the call. Thank you. All right. Have a good morning. Good question. And uh, one other thing, too. Adding pennies to the water. Does Uh, that do anything? Have you heard that? Oh, yes, I have. (laughs) But it's actually true. Okay. Um, Not all pennies, though. The year that your penny was minted matters. Copper or not? Yes, actually. I know. Who knew? Yeah. But if they were minted before 1982, um, I think they have 95% copper. Copper is a fungicide. Oh, true. So it naturally keeps bacteria at bay, and it's just really good for tulips especially. But anything after 1982 is mostly made of zinc. And it just has a very thin copper coating. So it's not going to do much. So if you just go to the coin drawer and you pick a penny out, you know, make sure it... Before 1982. Before 1982. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. Yeah. And I think we have a little more from our friend Sabrina. I had a question, Julie, about heights of flowers compared to your vase. Does it depend on the size of the vase and how tall your arrangement should be? So I love tulips, but they always droop. Droopy tulips are not pretty. So <laughs> how do you get so your tulips true. not to droop? So or is it true. possible? Yeah. Yeah, it, it is possible, but it uh, yeah, they're a little high maintenance. Sometimes it's easier just to give in and let them do what, what they want to do. But the way to get the straighter stems on tulips is to um, wrap them in newspaper, and then you want to stick them as upright as possible in your vase. Um, stick them in the refrigerator, let them sit that way for 12 to 24 hours. Only wrap the stem nope, or actually the, the whole flower, flower with newspaper, yep. okay. Mm-hmm. And roll it kind of not super tight. You don't want to squish them, but tight enough that there's not a lot of movement and they okay. are as upright as possible. And that usually does the trick to keep them upright. Refrigerate yeah. for how long? Uh, 12 to 24 hours. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And they're dry yeah. when you do that, not not in a vase of water. Well, just... they can be. They can be, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But when you harvest them, Tracy, and when I harvest them, we harvest them with a bulb on so they are dry. So mm-hmm. she is right. Okay. Because, you know, we store them in the fridge and you, they don't have to be in water if the bulb is still attached. And two, if they start to droop, I would think, you know, this this goes to a whole nother level of arranging flowers. But I was recently at a vineyard a couple of weeks ago and had a fun little ladies night out and we got to arrange our own 
you know, do our own arrangements. And she had gotten all the flowers from a wholesaler and, you know, talking about like what your greenery is and your base and then more of like your your thrillers, your focal points in the middle, like a rose or a hydrangea or something big. But could you not just kind of carefully place the tulips such that like they're kind of propped up by some other things? You certainly can. But sometimes the weight of the tulip, because some of the tulip, the newer specialty varieties that Tracy and I grow, they have massive, I mean, it's not the little delicate tulips you get in the grocery store. They're the parrot tulips or the double fringed Mm -hmm. tulips, and they look like peonies. I mean, they're huge and they're very heavy. The heads are heavy, so it weighs them down. So yeah, you you can do that. You can prop them, but it doesn't always stay that way. And we talked about dahlias, Tracy. You Mm -hmm. grow dahlias and how important when they're growing, probably best to stake those up. Absolutely. I have a large setup going on with netting. And um, if you have fewer, if you just take, you can even use a tomato cage Mm -hmm. if you want, um, or a bamboo stake and kind of tie it as it grows. But they easily get to be four to five feet or even taller, depending on the variety and the sun light situation. Yeah. And I would think the head is so heavy. The large ones. Yeah. Yes. A dinner plate dahlia that's 12 inches. Yeah, I would imagine that's pretty heavy. Very All right. Heavy. We will uh, take some more calls perhaps and speak to Sabrina's questions about height oh. and, you know, incorporating that into the vase and considering the size of your vase and all of that. When we return, you're listening to Green and Growing on WSB. With my guests, Tracy Gables of Retreat Lane Flowers and Julie Garrity, owner of Hello Daisy Flower Farm in Canton. And just some parting uh, thoughts from you ladies. Tracy, I'll start with you. What is a good flower for beginners to grow? I would say zinnias would be a great starter. Um, There's so many colors, varieties. They're pretty easy. Um, They grow large. They are an annual, so you'll have to start new seeds each season. But zinnias are definitely a great place to start. And what's cool, when they start to dry up, you can pluck the petals off of them and the seeds are at the base of the petals. And I always dry them in an envelope and have them for next year. Yes, it's amazing. And just, you know, the if you get a seed from a pink flower, that doesn't mean that you're going to get a pink flower next year. It depends on what the bees have pollinated it with. That's really exciting. And yes, good for pollinators. Very good to have maybe near your vegetable gardens. Um, how can folks find you online? Are you pretty active on social media? I'm, I mean, like you said, during the pandemic, people want to see pictures of flowers. They want to yes. see what you're growing. Yes, I'm on Instagram at Retreat Lane Flowers. Um, I post pictures of whatever's going on in, um, in my garden. Julie and I also have um, a flower subscription. Yes. We call it Front Porch Flowers. Yes. Um, so we post updates on that. And then we're going to be doing some um, bouquet bars and other fun things throughout the summer. That um, is something good for the yes. girlfriends to get together. Yes. Is there wine? Yes, Absolutely. of course. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. That sounds awful. I would come even if there wasn't, but that sounds lovely. So Julie Garrity, from you, you have off the air and on the air shared so many like hacks and tips and tricks. And I know you've got more. So what's another one that you didn't have time for? Oh, goodness. There are so many, but I think this might be helpful to, you know, people that just want to go into their yard and, and cut. Use what you have. If you're looking for something to spruce up your arrangements, run out and look at your bushes. Mm-hmm. Um, spirea, your hydrangea leaves. Um, there's so much great foliage just right in our backyards that were great in vases and they're fun and funky. We were at Tracy's the other night mm-hmm. and Tracy and I were looking for some stuff and I went, oh my goodness, you have spirea. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, you know, I don't like spirea. And I, I cut it and Spruce I showed it her the arrangements and it just brought a whole different level. 
they work great as landscape bushes, but they also work really well. And um, and not all bushes, but most of them are pretty hardy. So, and one of the ones that I like, Kaleidoscope abelia, is very colorful. Oh, I love abelia. Yep. So that's going to be really good too. Absolutely, abelia is a great one. And it's sad, irises are starting to fade. That's one of my favorite spring yeah. flowers. But like you said, always be on the lookout because yes. there's going to be something hydrangeas really soon. How do folks catch up with you on social media? Okay. Well, I'm on Instagram and Facebook, and I also have um, a, a web page. So I'm HelloDaisyFlowerFarm.com. On Instagram, I believe I'm Hello Daisy underscore Flower Farm. And on Facebook, I think I'm just Hello Daisy Flower Farm. I think so. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, you'll find me, hopefully. If you don't, I'm sure you can point folks in the right direction. I certainly will. Yeah. I will share. We just took a, a thousand photos in the studio yes. trying not to get photobombed by Dave Baker, <laughs> who is already in place, ready for the Home Fix-It show at 9 o'clock. And you ladies will be back. I think this is such a successful topic, Thank really you. engaging topic. And I think we'll have a lot to talk about throughout the summer as we discover more and more flowers. So thank, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. It was, it was a lot so of fun. fun. And I'm willing to bet you learned a lot too. Stay tuned for hour number two of Green and Growing. My guests from ChopMyTree.com, Premier Tree Solutions, Jeff Roth and Rafael Santiago. Up next, you're listening to WSB.